what are they thinking? Why would they do something like that? Wouldn't it be nice to know what's on the inside of someone's head and just understand why they do the things that drive you crazy? You're in luck. Welcome to my series on how to get along with people based on each Enneagram type, my favorite personality test that is so incredibly spot on, it's going to blow your mind. I share with you literally how to get along with each type and even interview someone from each type so you can get the tea straight from the source. Welcome to Create Your Fate. If you have been posting through life but are ready to make small conscious changes to step out of fear and into living your best life ever, this show is for you. Who am I? I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis, here to help retrain old self-limiting beliefs into a positive mindset so you can confidently become the person who you want to be by first understanding who you already are. How? by using the law of attraction in my favorite personality test, the Enneagram. And I'll even teach you some mind tricks along the way. Ultimately, I guide you to stop thinking about what you don't want and instead focus on what you do want. You can create your best life ever and it begins with your mind. Are you ready? It's time to create your fate. All right. Let's get into the mind of an Enneagram one so we can understand what's going on in there. Honestly, I decided to do this series because I kept finding myself in conversations with people who were trying to understand their loved ones and I would give advice based on their Enneagram and it seemed to really help. So I figured what better way to help everybody be able to do this too than to dedicate a podcast series to it. And if you're new to the Enneagram, check out mini episode 117 to learn all about the basics of an Enneagram one who is also known as the reformer or perfectionist. The core desire of a one is to do good and be virtuous, and their core fear is to do evil or be corrupt. I'm going to be sharing some additional information on how to get along with Enneagram Ones that comes from one of my go-to resources, ninetypes.com, and then we'll hop into my interview with a reformer. Okay, so ones, perfectionists are realistic, conscientious, and principled. They strive to live up to their high ideals. How to get along with me from an Enneagram one. Take your share of the responsibility so I don't end up with all the work. Acknowledge my achievements. I'm hard on myself. Reassure me that I'm fine the way I am. Tell me that you value my advice. Be fair and considerate as am I. Apologize if you have been unthoughtful. It will help me to forgive. Gently encourage me to lighten up and laugh at myself when I get uptight. But hear my worries first. What I like about being a one. Being self-disciplined and able to accomplish a great deal. Working hard to make the world a better place. Having high standards and ethics, not compromising myself. Being reasonable, responsible, and dedicated in everything I do. Being able to put facts together coming to good understandings, and figuring out wise solutions. Being the best I can be and bringing out the best in other people. What's hard about being a one? Being disappointed with myself or others when my expectations are not met. Feeling burdened by too much responsibility. Thinking that what I do is never good enough. Not being appreciated for what I do for other people. 
being upset because others aren't trying as hard as I am. Obsessing about what I did or what I should do. Being tense, anxious, and taking things too seriously. Let's hop in with our Enneagram One interview. My beloved friend Angela joins me to share what goes on in the mind of an Enneagram One. Angela is a wife, a mother of two girls, a nurse practitioner, and owner of a med spa. She is super passionate about CrossFit and female empowerment. Ready to dive into the mind of a reformer? Check it out. Angela, welcome to Create Your Fates. And thank you so much for being on my show as my Enneagram One. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, of course. I could not think of a better Enneagram One than you. You are the epitome of an Enneagram One. And thank you for being willing to share what it's like being inside the mind of an Enneagram One so others can get along with ones. So first off, you know, first question is, how is known everything about an Enneagram One and knowing your Enneagram type, how has that changed your relationship with yourself and with others? I think that being more aware of my type has definitely opened my eyes to kind of what I thought was just for me. I thought that that was just me. That's my personality. That's how it was. And I never really understood how to flow with other people. It was kind of always my way or the highway. And so now I'm really learning that there are other ways. Um, and it's, it's just made me more aware. And um, it's definitely helped, I think, with my relationship with especially my oldest daughter, who I'm pretty sure is a one as well. And so definitely kind of opened my eyes and allowed me to to be more understanding of her. And that's helped our relationship too. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, you're married, you are a business owner, you have two daughters. So you interact with people very frequently throughout your day. And so I love that you said it's my way or the highway because <laughs> it's so Enneagram one. Tell me why is it your way or the highway? Because I feel like I know what is best. I feel like I'm always right that it just works better my way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's interesting because the motivators of a one is I have a desire to do things the right way. That is literally my desire. It's got to be done the right way. And so the reformer or perfectionist is a more common title for an Enneagram one. So if someone is getting along with you and you say, hey, my way or the highway, they're going to take personal offense to that and say, oh, well, my way must be like garbage then. So what would you say when it comes to other people and catering to their needs as well and their ways? How do you get over? Well, it's got to be my way because my way is the right way. What's that process like for you? It's more of let me tell you my way and how I am seeing it. But now I'm more aware of and open to listening to other people's suggestions as well. And then, you know, maybe we can come to some sort of compromise where we're both happy. It's a lot of uh, internal struggle for me uh, <laughs> to really accept that maybe we're not going to do it my way, but your way may be just as good, maybe, but I'm at least open to hearing it. <laughs> right, right. Why is it so hard to be open to hearing 
other ways of doing things, especially if it's not as good as your way of doing things. It's just this thought of, I am right. This is the best way. This is the right way, the most efficient way. This is, you know, in my head, this all lines up and makes sense. And we're checking all the boxes along the way so that we don't miss anything. And working with other types, it's it's like, maybe they've skipped step two through eight. And, you know, now I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We missed some steps, but we still got to the same, the same ending. So it's a battle. It's a struggle. Yeah. So tell me about this checklist. Is this something that, you know, before Enneagram ones are in the harmonic group, which is the group that talks about how you deal with conflict and difficulty, you're in the competency group, meaning it's got to make the most sense. You basically, you're going to have to prove that your idea is, is better than mine. But even though I'm just voicing, hey, this is my solution or this is my idea to, you know, let's say it's your husband or uh, anybody at work or anyone. Tell me about the process that you've already taken all these steps to even get to your idea to know that it's the best. Is that communicated to others or how do you get to your ideas the best? Typically, it is not communicated because I've already gone through all of those steps in my head in like, you know, a minute. And so when I finally say say my idea out loud, I've already worked through all that. And so it's hard to step back and kind of go through step by step how I got there when, you know, in my head, I've already I'm already decided like this is the best way. Like there's no other way. And so that's definitely kind of been a little bit of an eye-opener as well. If I want people to understand why I feel like my idea is the best, then I need to explain to them how I got there. And so definitely I have to slow down and kind of voice that, you know, step one through eight to help them understand too. And sometimes saying those steps out loud actually does kind of open your eyes to, oh, maybe there is a way to take, you know, step four and five out and now we're we're there faster or more efficient. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. And and one of the mantras for an Enneagram one that I love and it's always stuck with me is don't you know when it comes to an argument or a disagreement, it's like don't fight for to win the battle, right? Fight for consensus. So talk to me about the difference between, oh my gosh, no, I have to win this, whatever it is, versus, okay, let's come to an agreement, right? Where, what is that internal mind shift look like for you? Like, wow, <laughs> surrender. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've always been like, don't argue with me because I'm going to win. And it's definitely been a little bit more of like a, a challenge to go from, I have to win this so that you see why I am right to let me just explain my point and then we can really just kind of move forward from there. And so that's definitely, I think, an everyday struggle for me. Uh, you know, it's not so much as I need to be right all the time as it is I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Wow. That seems like a big growth point for even you to realize, right? So, yes. 
some advice for any any of you guys who are listening to this, you know. So let's talk about the perfectionism, right? Where it's it's not just it's a reformer, right? Everything has I want to do everything the right way. There's a right way of doing things. I have a sphere of being bad or evil or corrupt. It's gotta be the right thing. And so ones are typically very moral and very honest people, but with that can come a little bit of perfectionism, right? Because so talk to me about what goes through your mind when you make a mistake. Well, it's like chaos. (laughs) (laughs) It is hard. It is very, very hard. And I have been this way, I mean, obviously my whole life, but it is almost like a full on like anxiety where you like prior to, I think, like really kind of realizing these, you know, these characteristics and these traits and working through them, it would like consume me for a very long time. And now it's a little bit more where I can, you know, take a deep breath, walk myself off the ledge a little bit, and then, you know, kind of go from there. But like, that is like the biggest fear is like making a mistake or somebody not thinking that you know what you're doing. Like you, I feel like I have to know the answers at all times. And so any type of mistake really just kind of just throws you for a loop and can set you back a little bit. Yeah. What would be something that you would tell somebody who's in a relationship with an Enneagram one, whether it be personal or professional, if the one makes the mistake, how should the other person react? I think that, you know, just letting them know that it's okay. It's not the end of the world, you know, because in our minds, it is the end of the world. We have just like ended the world right there. And so, you know, just kind of letting them know it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And then allowing them some time to, to process that because it is a little bit of a, you do have to kind of go through it a little bit in your head and allow yourself to, to feel and understand that, okay, like it's okay. Everybody's okay. Things are going to be fine. And then let's just start to move forward. Mm -hmm. And would the same go if somebody else makes a mistake? What if somebody else makes makes a mistake? Then what goes through your mind? (laughs) You're like, what are you doing? You should have listened to me the first time. I think that that is very hard. Uh, You know, when I was, oh my gosh, 22, 23, I was a very young nurse. I was put into a charge nurse leadership role. And it was very much like, this was my idea of how the, the shift should run. This is what you should be doing. You should be following my my time schedule, my you know timeline. You should have your meds passed at this time and X, Y, Z. And if it wasn't, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you not doing your job? And nobody liked me. Go figure. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you imagine? <laughs> Can't imagine only. <laughs> You know, and obviously at the time I was so young, I didn't really, it was just, you should do it my way because that's the best way. And now looking back, it's like, well, they had their own way of doing things and it got done. And that at the end of the day is what was important. But if a mistake was made immediately, it was, well, if you would have done it my way, there would have been no mistake. (laughs) Right, right. Two things here. I always advise ones that um, saying, I told you so 
is really not advice. <laughs> it's really not helpful advice. So saying I told you so really doesn't move the situation forward at all. But it sounds like when somebody else makes a mistake, especially if you have told them, you know, otherwise before the mistake, that it's really it's less about the other person doing something wrong and really more of a personal offense yeah. to yourself. Yes. So I think it would be helpful for other people to understand. It's like, hey, it's more about the one versus, you know, you. Yes. So it sounds like you have this whole plan in your head. And if people abide by that, then everything will be okay, right? No hell will break loose. So talk to me about why planning is so important to ones typically. And then, you know, I feel like, you know, especially for me, having a plan just, eliminates the chaos you know it feels like there are a lot of things going on in my head you know things that have to get done you know it's just it's so much at one time and so being able to have a plan really does allow me to check the boxes I say that a lot like I feel like that is literally what I'm doing in my head is like checking a box and moving on to the next one like on my phone my to-do list is literally a to check the box like and how much do you get out of actually checking it off a lot <laughs> do you ever not add something on your checklist do it and then add it to your checklist just so you can check it off yes <laughs> yeah feeling i'm like wait i did that yeah it's like wait i gotta i gotta record this right i did this you know exactly um, <laughs> and then what what is it if the plan if something doesn't go to the plan Talk to me about the chaos that is in your mind. You know, before it was a lot where, especially like if I said, hey, we need to be here at this time. And my husband is a seven, so we are not getting there at that time. And so it would be, you know, five, 10, 15, 30 minutes late. And I would just be a complete mess you know I'm yelling at everybody I and then we get there and nobody even notices that we're late but it is definitely this was my plan this was the time I wanted to be there this in my head is how I had it all planned out for it to work and now it's not working that way and I have to shift my plan like I can't do that on the spare of a moment like who do you think I am yeah yeah so going with the flow is not a strong suit so if, if someone says hey go with the flow or let's just change up this plan why is that so hard because we have already mapped out every possibility and now you're changing it and we haven't we haven't had time to map that out yet so give recalibrate. us some time yes give us some time to to map that out and then we'll be okay so it's interesting because it sounds like the mapping out and the checklist sounds like it's all your responsibility Yes. In your head, at least. So talk to me about what your relationship with responsibility has been. And then through the Enneagram and personal development, what is your relationship with responsibility now? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I have always felt that everything is my responsibility. And I don't know if that's because I feel like I can do it the right way. So just let me take it on and do it and it'll be okay. But it has always been 
every single thing is my responsibility. And letting somebody else take over or help or try to help is just not in the wheelhouse because what if you don't do it the way I want you to? Or what if you don't do it the right way? Then now I'm now I have extra work to do. So just let me do it and we'll be fine. I have now learned that not everything is my responsibility and that it is okay to allow other people to help to take on, you know, certain things. And if they don't do it my way, it still gets done. And, you know, I may learn a new way to do something. It's this week alone, I I had my assistant doing um, some charting stuff and she was not doing it the way that I do it. And inside, I'm like telling myself, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. It's going to get done. And then I watched her and I was like, whoa, her way is way faster than the way I've been doing it. And it still gets done right. So, so I think that that was kind of a, a little lesson for me to obviously great. be open to new to ways. Yeah, no, that that sounds great because it's like, hey, I'm getting what I want and even something better, you know, that's a great thing for and and I hope ones listen to this too, not just people who are trying to get along with ones where it's just, <laughs> hey, lighten up a little bit. And that's something that you had said, like how to get along with me is encourage me to lighten up and laugh at myself, especially when you get uptight. So why is that so important? Like, please encourage me to laugh at myself and lighten up. Hear my worries first, but encourage me to lighten up. Why is that so important? I think because it's so easy to just get caught up and go down like a spiral where it's just these are my concerns or this is the mistake I made. And now, you know, in my head, I, it's just like going it's just going crazy. So especially with my husband, it's hear what I am worried about or concerned about. But then like encourage me to to laugh it off, encourage me to to just be a kid, to not worry about it so much because it is so easy for us to pull in all that responsibility and to pull in all that worry and have the weight of the world on our shoulders and not allow ourselves to just enjoy the free moment. And so I think having somebody to just kind of giggle with you and say, it's not that bad, you know, like you're going to be okay. Or, and to be as a one, to be open to somebody kind of maybe poking fun at you a little bit and to not take it so personally, because that is very easy for us to do. (laughs) Right. Ones are typically, you know, you strive to, this is textbook, right? You, you are the practitioner of this and I'm the theorist. I'm not a one. I'm a stressed one though, because I am a seven. (laughs) So I understand parts of this, but the reason why you want to do everything right and perfectly is not because of exterior criticism. It's because your internal criticism is worse than what anybody could say to you. Talk to me about what that inner critic looks like. It's pretty severe to be the person who is constantly like just 
criticizing every move you make, every decision you make, every mistake, you know, every success and still thinking, well, it could be better. You can make it better, which can be, you know, helpful in times, but sometimes it can be, it can be a lot. And so it definitely is, it's consuming sometimes. Yeah. And that's what you had had said too, is what's hard about being in Enneagram One is being disappointed with myself or others when expectations are not met. So, you know, it kind of like we talked about before, these expectations are internalized. <laughs> um, and even externalizing the expectation is helpful, as you stated, like, hey, talk about these things. And I love, this is something that's always stuck with me with Enneagram Ones is they internalize, right? You're an internalizing type where, oh man, all this responsibility is on myself. And then when you integrate into a four, that stress, you're a, a stress four, that's also an internalized type where it's like, oh, okay, something wasn't perfect or I made a mistake. Everything was my responsibility. I want to deal with this on my own and internalize it. And then I always say an unhealthy four is you, you do spiral, right? You spiral down into this little rabbit hole by yourself and you don't invite anybody in, even though you desperately wish somebody would just come and say, hey, it's okay. And on the other end of that, you are a growth seven, which is the enthusiast and, you know, the classic fun one. And I love that you're married to one. And it's, it's really like at the end of the day, if everybody just does what they're supposed to, then we can have fun. Then everybody <laughs> can have fun. So talk to me about, you know, your self-discipline, right? You like this about being a one, but at the end of the day, we can just have fun. So talk to me about that. <laughs> what does that mean to you? You know, before it was very, I mean, that's what it was. It was like, okay, if everybody cleans their room, if the house is clean, if, you know, we've done all the homework and we've done all the things we need to do, then we can have fun. But now it's bedtime. So now you got to go to bed because it's like a strict, like, this is the bedtime and you have to be in bed that time. And obviously, like, nobody in our house was really having a lot of fun. So, you know, through kind of through personal development and growing, it has definitely been a little bit of a of eye opener of, okay, this can wait. Like, let's go do something while, while it's still light outside, while we can have a good time. And then we'll come back and we'll, we'll get some things done. We'll get to check off our, our to-do list. <laughs> so you're saying at 201, add, have fun on the checklist. <laughs> yes. At the top, put it at the top so you make sure you do it. Yeah, right. Not let's wait to be happy and have fun. Let's, let's do it. Let's <laughs> make sure we, we prioritize that. So it sounds like there's a lot of things that are super spot on about Enneagram Ones. Is there any stereotype about Enneagram Ones that you find wildly off or offensive or hurtful? I think that being close-minded or sensitive to criticism is definitely a little bit offensive, but then again, is being saying saying that I'm sensitive to criticism is that my normal like one being sensitive to criticism? Right, it's a double edged sword. <laughs> <laughs> I think that obviously with anybody, you are capable of growth, and yes, I think that in a, a normal natural state, ones are probably a little closed minded. 
and we probably are a little sensitive to criticism, but like you had said earlier, it's not because you're saying it, it's because we've already criticized ourselves a million times worse. And so, but we are open-minded. I think that we really do want to hear or learn other ideas or other ways and to kind of hear that out. You just have to present it to us in a way that we feel is correct. Yes, right. It's all about the presentation. Yes, yes. Planning the time and and really not catching you off guard or understanding going with the flow is not probably the best Mm -hmm. option. No. (laughs) What does it come at me correct? Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm open-minded to your ideas. If you come at me the exact way I want you to come at me, which is with a plan, tell me why your idea is better than my original idea. And it's got to make sense to me. Yeah. Right. And then remind me to lighten up and have fun. Right. Exactly. Okay. I love that. A nice four step plan. Follow (laughs) the four step. Check, 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 check. Exactly. Got it. (laughs) This is perfect. So if there was one last thing that you would want people to know about Enneagram ones, and I know you want to stick to the plan and go back to the answer that you wrote down on the form, but we're just going to go with the flow here and see, uh, you can say whatever you want to say here. But is there like, what would be one last thought that you would want somebody to know about an Enneagram one? You know, I think that if you just give them time, because if you are springing new ideas on them or, you know, you're ready to change something up, give them some time to process it. It's not easy for us to just like flip switches because like I said, we've already, we've already planned this out, like every which way that it could go. And now you're changing it up on us. So we need some time to just kind of work through that, get comfortable with it. And then we're ready to rock and roll. But I think that's really, you know, that's the big one. Like just give us a little time to process and then we'll be, we'll be ready to to do something with you. Okay. That's solid gold right there. It's not going to happen on a, you know, on a whim here, just caught off guard. It's like, I have to process this. I have to assign a checklist to it. And then organize a checklist and then make sure that this idea makes sense. And then I will be open-minded to your idea. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love that. Easy to follow. Um, any last things that you would want to say to an Enneagram one? Any advice? I would say to really just lighten up. <laughs> you know, it, checklists are, are great and our plans are always great. And But I think the biggest thing is definitely being open-minded and allowing yourself to hear what other people have to say too. And to doesn't mean you have to love it. You don't have to love every single part of it. But I think that you will be very pleasantly surprised at some of the things that you'll learn as you open up to other ideas. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So thank you so much for your insight. I hope this helps everybody get along with Enneagram Ones. And I hope it actually is really introspective for ones to be open-minded. <laughs> so for ones to be open-minded, of course, it would have to come from an Enneagram one. So <laughs> thank you for being the source. This has been wonderful. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. That wraps up how to get along with an Enneagram one. I hope it was helpful and gave you insight into the mind of someone you love. 
be sure to send it to all of your favorite Enneagram ones or someone who you know has a close relationship with the one. And if you loved today's episode, please follow, subscribe, leave a review. That helps the show grow so much and allows me to continue to get awesome guests and episodes out for you. And of course, I'm going to leave you with just one thing. It's this, expect good things always and they will happen. Thank you.